your Bible to Revelation 19. That's, the, that's this day's reading again. But it's also the, the marriage supper of the Lamb. And I'm so excited about the marriage supper of the Lamb. I am. I mean, I, I, would, I wouldn't be in love if I wasn't excited about getting married, right? I, I, I'm looking for culmination. I'm looking for consummation and completion. And so, Lord, I just ask you, because it's, you've given me a, a very uh, encouraging word that we are in the readiness stage. We are making ourselves ready. And no one too, is too old or too young to be prepared and to, to be uh, welcomed and to, be, to hear the call to enter into the marriage supper of the Lamb. So I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, you know how to... Uh, move us into the oneness we already possess or are possessed in Christ. And so we just receive today uh, the vision. We let you come into our hearts. We need you to talk to us. We want the word of God to be paramount what we're seeing truth from, but we want your spirit to be igniting it because in all truth discovered in the spirit, we are brought to Jesus. And we want to encounter you, Lord Jesus. We do not want to go and think, well, that was a good message or that was a great service or what am I going to have for lunch? We want to come away from here today going, I met the Lord. The Lord met me. Something took place. We had an encounter that brought an exchange, that brought a, a, a place of, of transformation from glory to glory. That's our dream. That's our desire. That's our inheritance. And we press in to take hold of it now. For each of our hearts, we say, yes, Lord, do it. Do it. Tell the Lord if you want it. I want an encounter. I want an encounter. I want you to encounter me. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Pray. You see, we pray now. We don't have to pray so hard at the end. We start working now with prayer. Then the next thing you know, we start drinking. And the exchange starts taking place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah for the glorious Lamb. Praise God. Amen. So here we go. Revelation chapter 19, verse 1. I love the book of Revelation. I've been listening to it over and over and over again. And we will finish it on Wednesday, and then we'll get into the book of Hebrews, which I'm excited because that's the book of maturity to bring us into that place of readiness to receive and to be welcomed. After these things, I, look, I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord our God, for true and righteous are his judgments because he has judged the great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication and he has avenged on her the blood of his servants shed by her. I, I just think Jesus is so awesomely overcoming that he would like to first deal with the harlot before he gets married fully, that he would deal with the, con the counterfeit, the compromise, the idolatry, the fornication, all of the systems of that harlot. He dealt with it. And chapter 17 and 18 really are great chapters to meditate into and watch the way the Lord deals with this system, this, this false, everything in the book of Revelation, you'll find the Antichrist trying to copy the Christ. And you're trying to, he's trying to do what God already did. He's trying to do it, and, and it's, 
And God deals with it always first, and then he deals with the outcome. First, the Antichrist trying to put his mark on everybody's head and forehands, and then at the end, Revelation 22, he already sealed his servants, but in Revelation 22, we end up finding that we're at the throne, and we have his name written on our forehead. Oh, so here we go. We'll just launch from there. I won't... Again, they said, hallelujah, her smoke rises up forever and ever. So I can't help but see myself and see all of us in this glorious gathering before the Lord with smoke behind us. <laughs> and, and everything that has been tormenting, afflicting, martyring, killing is being just dealt with, judged. And the 24 elders and the four living creatures all fall down and worship God who sat on the throne saying, amen, amen. You have to let God judge things because Jesus is the judge of all things. And he's judging things now. He's increasing his judgment. That's why the earth is shaking. That's why things are shifting. And that's why the prophetic can come up inside of our prayer and say, this is what the Lord's sovereign Lord is saying. This is where he's taking us. And we can begin to see what we can't see in the natural. We see it in the supernatural. And the amen and the hallelujah is like God's the recognition that God has done something very important and it's been dealt with for all eternity. Then a voice came from the throne saying, praise our God, all you his servants and those who fear him, both small and great. So the, so the call to praise, which we are in the year of ambush, and you don't have to have anything worth praising God over. In fact, that's the best time to praise God is when all you see is awful in front of you. Because you stand in the salvation, you begin to see the salvation of our Lord, and you begin to sing of his mercy and praise him. And I just encourage you, just practice that every, every day whenever you can. Just start to praise him for his mercy, because that's the means in which everything is being executed through his grace. So both small or great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters, and is the sound of mighty thundering saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. You know, we heard the great testimony from uh, Kip and Marilyn about their granddaughter Hope, and Hope got her voice. Well, guess what? Revelation 19, 6, the church has got her voice. A voice like the beloved. Because in Revelation chapter 1, his voice was the sound of many waters. And now our voice sounds like a sound of many waters, sound of mighty thunderings. You see, you have to, we have to accept that we are going to look like Jesus so he'll marry us, have an equal, have a co-equal, a joint heir with him. So they're now singing, God, the Lord God, omnipotent reigns. Hallelujah. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. Now, you can do that prophetically. You can say, I'm going to be glad. I'm going to rejoice. And I'm going to give you glory. Why? The marriage supper of the Lamb. The marriage of the Lamb has come. And we've made ourselves ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright. For the fine linen is the righteous of the saints. I have to just stop there because the word acts is so humanistic, so arrogant. 
It's not in the Greek, and it's the closest you're going to get is King James that says the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Now, I don't know about you, but I have no righteousness. In fact, I'm found in Christ without any righteousness coming from the law, but only the righteousness which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God by faith. It's really important because we're going to have to pay a little attention to that if we're going to dress up like Jesus would like to see us. You've got to put on Christ, not put on yourself. And your self-righteousness is stinky, filthy rags. No matter who we are, where we are, how hard we try, it's dead works. But the righteousness of pouring into us by believing in the resurrection and then internalizing Jesus Christ becomes as white as light and bright. And it's, 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 it becomes functional and comfortable, and it begins to be a place in which we are welcomed and received. So he said to me, right, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, see that you do not do that. For your fellow, I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The power, uh, worship is the response of revelation of Jesus. When you see who God is, what he's doing, what he's saying, you cannot but worship. And he, beloved John, has gone through 19 chapters of the revelation of Jesus Christ. And by this time, his worship, he's bursting. And he doesn't know he's bowing down at an angel. He's just got to worship. But the angel says, don't you dare. I am not the one to worship. Worship God. I am your servant. And so again, this powerful moment happens. So chapter 19, the two key things is we're blessed if we've been invited or called. That's what the word invited, called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And we're blessed because we made ourselves ready, which is to have prepared ourselves, and that's demonstrated in the garments that we're white, linen, bright, clean, pure light that we're wearing. So I'd like to take us to backwards. I'm going to go to, Reve I'm going to, go to Matthew 22, but on the way, if you wouldn't mind stopping at uh, Revelation 17:14. Okay, so it's the left of your Bible. I know it doesn't work on the screen that way, but this, this will come... This will be important at the very end as we put these, this parable that Jesus brings to, uh, to the whole Israel on the last week of his earth walk. So, but this 14 says, these will make war with the lamb. This is again speaking of the beast and the, and the ten kings. And the lamb will overcome them. For he is the Lord of lords and king of kings. Not going to be, he is. And those who are with him are the called and chosen and faithful. That's the group you want to be with. You want to be in the called and chosen and faithful group because that's the ones that are with him in this war that we see. Revelation 19, if you read the rest of the chapter, talks about our honeymoon is coming and taking over the earth. <laughs> it is. I mean, it is. He's setting up his kingdom, his millennial reign. And we're going to be with him on those white horses. And he's going to have this glorious, he has his name written on him, faithful and true, because all of his grace has turned into faithfulness. He's completed every promise. And we're riding with him, and he's devouring the armies with the sword of his mouth. 
Praise you, Jesus. I don't know. If, I mean, if you've been beat up by the devil a little bit in life, why don't you just take a moment, just kind of look forward to that. And look forward to that. One angel takes a chain and wraps it around Satan and puts him into a prison for 1,000 years. One angel. Whoa, we're going to be seeing things. Whoa, I'm looking forward to it. But now, Matthew 22, verse 1. This part is really important. I've, I've pondered the parables that Jesus and the, and the direct stories or direct directives Jesus gives during the last week of his earth walk while he's in what we call the Passion Week in, in Jerusalem because he's speaking specifically to, to what it is that we need to hear toward the last days and toward the end. So this one... It's always about marriage. It's always about a servant doing what he was given to do. And it's always about what did we do with what he gave us. It's really, all of the parables are powerful. But this one, I love this because it goes right with Revelation 19. And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son. So the good news is that we're invited because we're included. But the marriage is all about the son. The father's all excited about this. It's called the marriage supper of the lamb. And he arranged it. That means prepared. So he's done his work of putting things in order. And he says he sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding. The word invited and the word call are the same word for call. So you could read it this way. He sent out his servants to call those who were called. How many in this room are called of the Lord? Heard his voice, called your name. Yeah. He, he, that's, so there's a calling to the call. And they were not willing to come. So there's a, non, a non-response. Again, he sent out other servants saying, tell those who are invited or called, see, I have prepared. So we're not the only ones being prepared. He's preparing. Jesus himself said in John 14, 3, I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am you may be also. In the, in the Jewish wedding, often after the contract was signed and the family was accepted and the bride and the groom have been um, put into a pre, prenuptial agreement, then the groom would go back to his father's house to prepare a place for his bride. So... He says, tell them, I've, been, I, I, I've prepared my dinner, my oxen, and fatted calf, and are killed, and I've killed all things already. Come to the wedding. And they made light of it. It's, I, I want to listen to these parables as charges toward the disposition of, the, of, of, of an indifferent heart that I will fall into so that I don't fall into it. Because the parables that Jesus did was calling Israel out of their slumber. And today, we've had 2,000 years to fall asleep ourselves, And I want to come out of my slumber. I want to be this passionate, intense, expectant bride, made herself ready. So he says, some made light of it. And, and they went their way. So they just distracted. To, uh, uh, to make light of it is they neglected the sound. Like Hebrews chapter 3, we're going to find in chapter 2, verse 1, it says, what, 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 will, what will happen to us if we neglect so great a salvation? So this, they, they just neglected it. We, and, they didn't, they, and they went their way. And because everybody's busy, right? 
Somebody's got to go to the farm. Another person's got to take care of his business. So other things took precedent. And the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. Imagine, you, you, we would think that would never happen. The church would ever be that aggressively spiteful toward God's intentionality and resist him so strongly. Yet Israel did. So why not us? What makes us any more special? We've had less time to be trained up in the ways of God, but our hearts are the same. They can get hard. They can get stubborn. So he says, when the king heard about it, the father heard about this, he was furious. And he sent out his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding is ready. I prepared everything. But those who were invited were not worthy. Which is a, I don't want to be found not worthy in my response. I want to respond in a worthy manner, like communion. I want to, I want to accept communion in a worthy manner. Therefore, go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. That could very well be our glorious Gentile season of, of coming into the kingdom because it was rejected. He came to his own, and his own would not receive him. So we've had this glorious, get them, get them, go get them, find them wherever, whoever. So the servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. That would sound like a perfect close for the story. But Jesus was the one telling this story that the Father gave him to tell. So it wasn't the end of the story. It says, when the king came to see the guest, he's all about uh, this relationship that he has brought forth in his son as a new creation, firstborn from the dead, and this church that he's brought out of, out through faith in the Son and the bringing together in one, all of that. And, this, and he's now here looking out. And he says, he, he said, he saw a man there who did not have a wedding garment. Remember Revelation 19. You're blessed if you're invited and you're, and you are, uh, ble- you are you, you're given the wedding garments that allow you to be uh, there present. And this is, he's going, Friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? This is huge because it wasn't just come as you are. You need to come prepared for where I brought you. Do you understand that? That's, there's, a, there's a charge to us. That's why you, you, reading your Bible isn't optional. Prayer is not something you can do if you want to be a super Christian. But if you just want to be a nominal Christian, you don't need to pray. None of the things that God has given us to grow up into Christ are optional. They're, they're, they're charged to us, and they, they show up later in white garments, in light, because we, and we're going to talk about how do we get those light garments on us and put them on and live in them. But here he is going, friend, how did you come in here? How did you have the audacity? I, you were invited. Everyone was welcome. The call went out to everyone, but you didn't do anything to prepare yourself. And the, the man was speechless. And, and that's, that's, a, that's a good word, Greek word to go and study and see where the rest is placed in the Bible because it's a way of when all of a sudden your whole argument shuts down and you have nothing to say. It's like when this uh, Pharisees were ch- t- testing Jesus 
in the, later in that chapter with, you know, who's, uh, can you pay taxes or not? And he shuts them down and it says they, they had nothing to say. They could say nothing. That's the same. He's just going. And then the king said to the servants, bind them hand and foot, take them away, and cast them into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, I'm not going to try to explain that. I'm just going to go to the conclusion, because I live on a, a belief that I want to be as close to the center, not as far, to the, far out in the outskirts. I don't want to know how barely I can get by. I want to do everything I can to come in. So I, I, I've got a lot of ideas about all that, but it's just, let's just say you don't want to go to a wedding without your wedding clothes on. And you don't want to show up and then find yourself in a place that's worse than anything you've ever seen before because you, you know, it's like the virgins. The ten, you got, that's another wedding. Five virgins, five wise bring their oil. Five unwise, they don't bring their oil. Next thing you know, the unwise have have to trim their lamps. There's not enough oil. They have to go buy it because nobody gets to use somebody else's oil. You know, anointings that flow are, thank God, they're to help us jumpstart our own journey with Jesus, each of us, not to live on somebody else's anointing. So all of a sudden, they're having to pull their oil. And now the door's shut. And he says, I want to let us in. And he says, I don't know you. So you know, Lord, by this going and selling. I, 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 he said in Revelation 3, I charge you, come buy from me gold that has been tested in fire and, and garments that are pure and white and, and ice have so you can see. So the conclusion, for many are called, but few are chosen. Now, remember our, the, the, the titles given to all who follow the Lord? Called and chosen and faithful. Many are called, and we could almost say all are called. The call goes out to all. But the choosing, being chosen is being selected and set apart. But I always used to say to everybody, I believe it's still true today, you're chosen by your choices. You're chosen in your choices. Your choices show you're chosen because you begin to value what God values, and when you value what God values, you pursue what is His. So this not wearing a wedding, you know, it says they were arrayed in these white garments, linen garments, and he says they, he did not, he was not arrayed in a wedding gift. The word arrayed means to sink, sink into. So I'll take you just real close, quick to Galatians chapter 3, um, and it's the last three verses. I'll see what they are, because it's not hard. I think it's easier than going and buying a prom, prom dress. You don't have to try to get something to make you look great for one night. You learn to live in something that makes you beautiful for eternity. And it changes everything. It's, God doesn't do anything cheap anyway. So Galatians chapter 5, verse 20, uh, chapter 3, 26. Excuse me. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Would that be a good truth, true, good true statement? Would you agree with that? Uh, we are. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Same word, arrayed. Put on Christ. 
So how many have been baptized in Christ? Baptized, water baptized into Christ, okay? It's something every, every believer is called to do, and you don't want to leave earth without doing it. We're going to do it in two weeks, another water baptism. If you're baptized into Christ, it's just not that event. It's that you've actually put on Christ. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So Christ lives in me, and I have put Christ on me. I've been arrayed on Christ. So here is the beginning of the choosing and the being chosen, is taking the effort, young or old, rich or poor, and you say, now that I have accepted and received what God did to his son so I could be saved, and I accept that he was raised from the dead, so I am now come into a new birth experience, I am in pursuit of the one who has now married me and set me apart. I'm going to put this Christ on. So this is the part of a reign. This is how uh, what they used to say is that all of the life on earth is like a divine dressing room whereby we prepare ourselves for eternity. And so we're putting on Christ. You arrayed yourself in Christ. Well, what does that mean? It, it means in a big, huge way, it's dismantling all fleshly identifications that you, we would like to hold to or cling to or, or, or live as a cripple by or call unfair. It's, it's saying, I am been brought out of darkness into light. I've been brought out of wherever I was, whatever my story was, I am now known as the redeemed. I am now known as the overcomer. And it's, this is my journey. So there is neither Jew nor Greek. That was a huge division. That was a huge division. That was massive to take that wall down. There is neither slave nor free. So we have to, be, have to embrace something. And it, it's a posture that practicing this truth you begin to recognize, well, then I'm worrying about a whole bunch of stuff I don't need to worry about. And I'm competing about a lot of things that I don't need to compete over. And I'm trying to obtain things that I don't even need, I need to let go of. It says, there is neither male nor female. And the spirit, that's true, right? I'm a son of God. Ladies, you're sons of God. He doesn't have sons and daughters. He has sons. And guys, you're going to get married. And you're a wife. And you better learn how to be a good wife. <laughs> That's my prayer all the time. Lord, make me as good a wife as can be as to me. How in the world she submits so well? It's crazy. So just say yes to things I say without even thinking about them. I want to do that. <laughs> but you're scary, Lord. He said, well, not as scary as you are to Cammy. <laughs> so there are... You are all one in Christ Jesus. So look around. We are one. One body. Many members, but one body. We are, there's not, we are one. We may not look like we're one. We may not act like we're one. We may not, but we are one. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, meaning we are the seed of Abraham, Christ. We have come into the oneness in Christ, oneness in ourself, and heirs according to the promise. And you could read the, go back and read the first part of Galatians 3 to know that the seed he's speaking of is Christ. So we are, we are, we're inseparable. We're one. 
So I got to take you one, one more chapter. Lord won't leave me on this. Uh, Romans 9, 13, Romans 13. I kept hearing the Lord say, put on Christ, put on Christ, put on Christ. So I looked in the Bible to find out where that is. And it's two places. We just read the one, baptized, faith, entered in, I put on Christ. Putting on Christ removes all separation barriers, all identification focuses. I don't have to now say, because I'm this, because I'm that, I can't be this or I can't be that. I am in Christ, and Christ is in me. Now, here is an rebel. Uh, now, I want to go to Romans chapter 13, verse 13. Thank you. I didn't give you the verse. Barb, you're so great. Appreciate what you do. I just wish you could read my mind. Get a word of knowledge, even when I don't say the right thing. Okay, let us walk properly. Little, it's kind of a little more nuts, you know, you know, nuts and bolts. Let's walk properly as in the day, not in revelry. No, no, I said, uh, oh, I did say that. See, you, you didn't do I meant 11. I should probably wear glasses when I try to read these. 11, okay, verse 11. And do, and do this, posture, end times, last days. Jesus is quickly coming. He's telling us everywhere. I'm coming quickly. 2,000 years ago, he said, I'm coming quickly. So we're much closer to his coming than then. And this, do this, knowing that the time, that now is high time to awake out of sleep. For now, our salvation is nearer than when we believed. Beloved, I want to tell you something. You and I are headed into salvation. We're touching it. We're tasting of it, but there's so much more to be experienced, and it fully comes in the appearing of our Lord. Hebrews 9 says, those who love his appearing he, and, and eagerly waiting for him, he will come a second time apart from sin into salvation. And here we are coming in. Salvation's nearer. Salvation's nearer. Right, don't you think there's more than what you have? Salvation's nearer than we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on or sink into or settle into the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness. So just detaching from the whole world's party. Not in lewdness and lust. That means detaching from all the sexual perversions that, have, that are finding expression in ways nobody's even imagined until now. And not in strife and envy, which is probably the sin of the church mostly. The others are hidden anyway. The strife and envy, you can kind of see it because we're all in this, I'm going to get what I'm supposed to get and I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do and I'm going to be what I'm supposed to be and get out of my way because I'm going to do it without you. That is so anti-Christ because there's only one of us. There's only one body, and there's only one hope of our calling, so we can't really get ahead of anybody. And no one can take what we've been given, and our inheritance isn't just dispersible. It's, it's eternal, and it's ours in Christ. So he says, okay, that's darkness. Revelry, drunkenness, lewdness, and lust, strife, and envy. But put on Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. So, beloved... We would take us a whole nother night 
and tomorrow, next Sunday, we will be in Hebrews 4 and 5, and it'll be a very powerful way of building us into the word of righteousness, to become skilled in the word of righteousness, so we're not back and forth, in and out. It's very simple to stay out of the lust of the flesh, just be led by the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, be in pursuit of the Spirit. And it's very easy to be in pursuit of the Spirit because just go after Jesus because he's all about glorifying Jesus. But without getting there, let's just talk about put on. Put on. Put on Christ. I get up in the morning and I say, you know, I want to put on you, Lord Jesus, once again, who you are, what you've done, what you've accomplished. I want to accept the truth of who you are. If the righteous garments that we wear are not the righteous acts of the saints. What are they? They're the righteousness of Christ that is appropriated to us as we believe in the resurrection, as we put on Christ. The more I put on Christ, the less I try to be Christ. I accept his works. I accept his joy. I accept his healing. I accept his blessing. I, I, I had a new saying that's come up, and it's really enlivened my prayer. And I've been saying to the Lord, I don't want to live on the outskirts of the kingdom. I don't want to live on the borders. I want to live in the throne room. I want to live in the center. I want to live in the fatness. And once I began to pray that prayer, I began to see myself from not where they out, where you're barely getting a buy. I'm beginning to see myself abounding. Jesus said, I came to give you abundant life. So I'm going, I receive your abundant life. Now I've learned and I've taught you, I don't go look and see to see if I see what I saw. Because I don't need to see what I saw. I just need to say what I saw. I need to say I see abundant life. And I receive it and welcome it and experience it and rejoice in it. See, some of us won't even be led in praise because we won't sing what we don't see in the natural. Come on, breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. Well, I don't know about any breakthrough. I haven't seen a breakthrough in 20 years. No, that's because you don't see any breakthrough. It's all in the heavens. It's all in the kingdom. It's all in who Christ is. I, I'm, he is my health. He is my wealth. He is my hope. He is my joy. He is my peace. He is my righteousness. He is my everything. So I'm putting him on. I'm putting him on. I'm sinking into him. I've lost my identity. You can say, oh, you were, your dad was German, so who cares? What does it matter? There's no Germans that go to heaven. It's just the redeemed. You've got to come out of your identity to the earth and into the identity of Jesus Christ. And then you don't have any righteousness. You're not going around going, oh, this is, you know, um, uh, I've had a, this and I've got to do that. And we can all lay down our life. We can all let go of whatever we're fighting over because we don't, it isn't our identity. My identity is in Christ. We're being kept. The whole um, Ephesians 1 says the mystery of his will is that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, that's another word to way of saying the closing of the age, he might gather in one all things in Christ, in heaven and on earth. So I began, this is about 10 years ago, I began to say, Lord, that's the will of God. That's the mystery of your will. That's the outcome of everything. Then I want to right now begin to yield everything of me into you. I bring all of me into all of you. I just say, whatever it is that you wanted of me, have it. Whatever you don't need of me, leave it. I'm releasing myself into your perfect will. And you start, you start getting used to that. 
You start getting used to it. It's not my car. It's not my house. It's not my money. It's not my wife. It's not my life. It's not my rights. It's you. I just give myself into you. I just yield myself into you. And the important thing is, like everything in the Bible, there's the what God wants to happen, and there's what God will have to deal with with those who don't want it to happen. Because at the end of Ephesians 1, he says, he put everything else under his feet. So at the end of the, day, end of the ages, we're either in Christ or under his feet. No, no options outside of that. You're in Christ or under his feet. Just like in the marriage supper of the Lamb, Revelation 19, which is the great supper of the Lamb. Or you get invited to the great supper of God, which is where all the birds, vultures come and eat your flesh. Dear God, I don't want to go to that supper. Come eat the, you know, the, again, everybody's equal now. Come eat the flesh of kings. Come eat the flesh. God has to separate this. He's not going to have the wicked and the just live together and as though they are the same. If Malachi says that, you're going to know who are his servants and who aren't. So back to the thing that's not my righteousness, it's accepting Jesus. It's appropriating Christ. It's taking, it's saying, no, it's not that I'm smart. It's that I've, I need grace. No, it's not that I, 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 I have worked hard. I need your grace to abound. And yes, I applied myself, but it was the grace of God that allowed me to apply myself. And so it's all about Jesus Christ and you appropriate him. And you sit in the center of him. And you say, I, I, I accept who you are. I receive what you've done. I celebrate what you're doing. I declare your grace. So when we started the year, and he said, stand in, stand in salvation and stand up and see salvation and sing my praise. That's at Malachi. Or not, excuse me, that's Second uh, Chronicles 20. And then 22, when they began to sing and his praise, they began to praise and sing, the Lord set the ambushes. And they were singing, your mercy endures forever. Your mercy is good. Your mercy. So I want to disengage us from the darkness and re-engage us into the light. I want us to step out of any practices that are death destructive and to have no purpose but not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit, just begin to turn our affection back toward the Lord and say, Lord, I just want to walk. I, want, I, I don't want any of us at the wedding without our wedding garments. I don't want any of us embarrassed at the last moment going, Lord, man, am I naked. Revelation, he talks about it. He says, I don't want you to be found naked and the shame of your nakedness. Isn't that cool? See, God didn't make you independent of him. Now that you're saved, you're still naked. And you need them. Salvation is, is about this called, chosen, faithful. A faithful, to abound, to stay in this. So stand up with me, please, please, please. Lord, I, I ask you to help right now. For I just believe you would do it again as you do in my life every day. You would just take off the garments that were soiled and the pursuit of my own self. You would dismantle the places where I have got myself uh, uh, feeling too responsible to I have to accomplish something, that I put my e effort back in me instead of just trusting you, worshiping you, praising you. Lord, I'm asking you right now that, that we would be placed inside. We would put ourselves on purpose in Christ as you have placed us in Christ. 
Oh, Jesus, you are everything. There's nothing we have bring into the kingdom that isn't yours that you've given us. There's nothing that we will accomplish that isn't in Christ already accomplished by what you did in your resurrection, in the Father's resurrection of you. We will get to see many things happen through us, but they're all because of you, Jesus Christ. And all the glory goes to the Father. And we praise you. If you've had trouble with the whole conflicts of the world, that Babylonian system, the love of the world, the, the worry of the world, the, the lust for other things, the, the striving, the envy, whatever, just, just hold your hand up and say, Lord, please, I want freedom. I just want freedom. I don't want to be in contention with trying to save my life try to gain the world so I can be safe. I don't want the world. I want you. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Oh, we praise you, Jesus. Oh, I don't want to hold on to anything. Whatever's holding on to me, I want you to let me go. I want it to let me. I want you to dismantle its control over me. I don't want to fight it. I want to follow you. I want to follow you and leave it. In the name of Jesus, I lift up your name, your glorious name. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. There's no salvation but by his name and through his name, faith in his name, call on his name. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Do not want to live in love with this world. I do not want to live in the lust of my flesh. I do not want to live in the deception of the evil one. I want to live in truth. I want to live in your love. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Holy, holy, holy Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you again and again. Cause all that I have is a hallelujah. Give it to him. Come on. Give it. Let it be all that you have. All of you in that hallelujah. Let's do it. And I know it's not much. But nothing else fit for a king. All of me. Except for a heart singing hallelujah. Hallelujah, so I throw up my hands and I praise you again and again. Yes, it just receives us. It's all, it's all because I of Jesus, all that he's accomplished. We are just like him, in him, blessed in the seed of Abraham. Nothing else fit for a king Except for a heart singing Hallelujah Let him wash you with the water. Because all that I have is Let him present you again. Spotless bride. Glorious church. Every one of us. Hallelujah. 
is not much yes not nothing else fit for my king yes except you're for a heart singing you're hallelujah just wanted me to remind every one of us that we have to remind ourselves every day that this is where we live and this is where we choose to live and this is where we return to live again turn to return to Christ and then the second place of that maturing where the faithfulness really starts kicking in is when you start to refuse the lies surrounding your life and say no I am what the Bible says I am. I am who Christ says I am. He is who he says he is. And I stand in agreement with this one. And you begin to push aside the lies. Don't let them be absorbed. And when you realize one of them got into your soul again, you return to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm, my soul got all out of tweak. I got whacked again. But I'm back into the faith that you've given me in your son. And I accept what he's done. And I'm accepted in the beloved. And I worship you. And I praise you. And you use your mouth. Maybe it had something to do with the no wedding garment and speechlessness. You got the confessing with your mouth who this Jesus is, this declaration. So I'm just going to anoint this. Today, the Lord says, I want you to wear me. I want you to put me on. Don't take me off at dinner. Put me on and keep me on. Keep your words and green with my word. Say what I say. Sing what I sing. Do what I do. In the name of Jesus, I now declare this grace, this grace, this grace to hold faith and to pull ourselves in agreement to Christ and to have a vocabulary in heaven that's given to us by Christ from his word. In the name of Jesus, be filled with the spirit for this next anointed season. Praise me, says the Lord. Sing to me. Declare my word, says the Lord. Accept my mercy. Anticipate my grace. Live in my healing. Receive my blessing. Let my abundance be your abundance. My life be your life. My joy be your joy. My peace be your peace. Oh, oh, oh. You're getting it. You're getting it. You're not trying to become it. You got it. You receive it. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Do you get it? Lord, now let us go forth with that anointing and with that intentionality of choice, choosing you continually in faithfulness to where we become the called and the chosen and the faithful, and we're always with you. In Jesus' name, amen.